0: the weather's getting warmer so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to shorts and tees and bikinis and for anything i'm trying to update in my wardrobe i'm not trying to spend a small fortune let me tell you about quince because i just found a bikini top and bottom $50 high quality 25 for the top 25 for the bottom there is a certain australian shearling slipper that i've been looking for and i found it for $50 on quince By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost to the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lexi for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lexi to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com/lexi. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, all right. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the At Lexi podcast, and this is a part two to last week's episode. The theme is burnout. I'm referencing a book called Burnout: The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. So last week, I had mentioned that my, uh, still doesn't feel real, but my Uncle Carlos has passed away. Um, When you lose like a more distant family member or friend, like when I lost one of my friends that I knew from high school, I'm still sort of in denial about that because I only would see her over holidays or summer anyway. So in my head, she's just, away playing lacrosse and my uncle he's just at the farm and losing i've lost so many family members and i've lost friends i don't know why i've dealt with so much death at such a young age i think about this all the time i don't know what it is i don't know that i'm destined to open up a grief counseling service or what <laughs> i don't know what the what this is all uh, for it's so heavy it's so heavy anyway i was already dealing with a lot of family stress i was already dealing with a lot of holiday stress. And I was not in the lightest chapter of my life. Let's just say these this current set of episodes of my life are not filler episodes. No, no, no. I was already feeling its way. I'd gotten back to Los Angeles, recorded the episode called My Relationship with Food, My Body, and Beauty. And I was really excited to get back in routine, feel super good, get back into a system, do what I need to do to make myself feel the way that I want to feel, and... This call, I was like, "Oh, this is hilariously bad! Like, I have to fly right, right back. This is not cute. This is not fun. This is not what I want. It's not what anyone wants, but I'm included in the anyone." I'm like, "We're gonna figure this out. I need actionable steps. Like, I'm on the brink of a meltdown at any moment. I need something, some sort of advice." So I get this book and I start reading because I need, I need help. And I thought, okay, we're going to take this into the podcast studio, because there's no way towards the end of the year that I'm the only one dealing with burnout. I know burnout is a feeling that we all experience at one point or another, but I think there's a high percentage of people feeling it right now. There's a lot going on. And if you have listened, welcome back. Now, after I recorded that episode, I went into isolation and I wasn't seeing anyone. I saw one friend, she and I went out to dinner and then she came back and we just chatted the good chat and she's also writing a script right now so we sat down and she read the movie to me and i was so invested oh i love my friends i love my friends i love watching them do what makes them happy and explore new interests Mm -hmm. this script was so funny and interesting i had her pause while i went to the microwave and i made popcorn i was like i need popcorn for this movie absolutely (laughs) So last week was buying burnout, reading burnout, coming to the studio, talking about burnout, isolating until seeing my friend once, isolating until going to her holiday party, and then hopping on a flight to Georgia to attend my uncle's funeral. So I get home Saturday night after the party. I pack up because something about me is if I'm a little tipsy, I'm going to do everything I would normally do and more somehow. I love this trait about myself. Like, not only did I do my skincare routine, I did a mask and I used the new face. And I packed up my suitcase. I don't know where that comes from, but I'm thankful for it. Editing Lexi here. So you're four minutes into the episode and I've gone over that last week, (laughs) hear me out. Last week, I recorded the first part of this book, How to Deal with Burnout. I was dealing with burnout, continuing to deal with burnout, and then everything just explodes This is where my story begins. And after my story, we will get into how all of us can handle burnout. But first, I wanna paint you a picture. I go to sleep, wake up in the morning, and I think, why don't we get to the airport a little bit early? I'd rather just get there, know that I'm there, and then I can have a little bit of time to relax. I'll get a coffee, some breakfast, sit down at the gate, read my book. I think that'll be fabulous. So that's what I do, I get to the airport, and it's super easy, the ride's easy, we hit little to no traffic, I get through, the TSA clear people are passing out hot chocolate, the guys making jokes with me, everyone's in a good mood, loving it. I get coffee, I get some breakfast, I sit down at the gate, I open my book, and I notice to my left there are black spots. <laughs> I'm losing my vision on the left side, and I'm having little hazy spots on the right. So I take a deep breath, say this happened after your mom passed you've had loss of vision induced by anxiety this is not your first rodeo you can handle this just breathe sit here and breathe you've got some time until your flight boards so i'm breathing and i'm breathing and i'm still looking and they're not black spots anymore it's a black and rainbow zigzag on my left when i'm trying to read because that was initially i'm like just read through it i'm like i can't read through it because i can't fucking see i'll look at a page i'm looking at a page with the words and there's this rainbow zigzag that's flashing i'm like what the hell is this okay i've never had this before what's going on normally i would call my psychiatrist about this and be like what's going on but it's a sunday so i send her a text i am so 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 sorry it's sunday i'm boarding my flight to the funeral today i'm at the gate Everything was fine, but I'm starting to have my vision be replaced with flashing black and rainbow zigzags. Do I board this flight? She calls me back immediately. Once again, sincerest apologies. I know it's a Sunday, and I would never normally bother you. I just need to know whether or not it's safe for me to board this flight. Because I didn't know what this was a precursor to. I had no idea what was happening. And imagine this is just the beginning, and then I faint, and I'm in the air on a plane, just seems like a hazard to everybody and she's like you're experiencing scintillating scotoma this is similar to an aura migraine a migraine may follow this it may not feel free to take a little Advil or some Excedrin or something you're fine to board this flight it's all good now I've been under a ton of stress so I'm not surprised that my body is freaking out in one way or another I still haven't fully recovered from the sickness that I experienced prior to heading to Virginia. My body hates me right now. It's like, when is this going to be over? And I'm trying to tell her. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I want it to all be over too. I don't want to board a flight right now to go to a funeral. But she's like, just take a couple deep breaths. This is, it's going to be fine. So I go to the Hudson Yards and I get myself some Excedrin. I also get myself some calm magnesium gummies. Love myself some magnesium. And I go back to the gate and it's still there. (sighs) Also, I want to say that when this, these like zigzags, which you should Google because you can type in like rainbow zigzags on the left side of your vision and you can, that people have images on Google of what I was seeing and it's so crazy. I don't know why that blew my mind so much that that was there, but you'll, you can see what I was seeing. It's so strange. And it lasted for maybe 30 minutes or so. And during this time, the gate attendant comes on the announcer and says, hi, our flight's delayed an hour. And everyone goes, "Ah." Secretly, I was so grateful. So the hour passes, and I still don't even see a flight at our gate. So obviously, gate attendant comes back on the announcements and says, okay, the flight's actually going to be delayed a second hour. Everyone's really like, aww, getting a little angry. I suppose I could join this group. Like, I was a little bummed at this point. Two hours pass, announcer comes on. Hi, we're going to be delayed a third hour. This is really annoying because now I'm going to miss my connecting flight. So we're delayed like three and a half hours at the gate. And then we finally board the flight. And I see on my app that I already have a new connecting flight. It's automatically been added, which is fabulous. And I get on this flight and we're sitting there and we're sitting there. And then we start to back up a little bit. And everyone's cheering. They're so excited. And we're moving. We're going to get up into the sky. All of a sudden, we stop. The flight attendants come on the announcement. And they're like, we have a VIP landing happening. We have to go back to the gate. We need to evacuate the tarmac. I don't even know what that means. The women behind me are like, what is it? The president? What's going on? And I'm over here like, I took flight lessons at the Santa Monica Airport. I know that's where the private planes land. Who's landing at LAX? I don't know little annoying but at no point has fear entered my head the woman in the middle seat next to me doesn't speak a lick of english she's from Colombia. pulls up google translate spanish to english says scared i said no 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 grab your phone i type in frustrated not scared that's funny we get back to the gate all of a sudden we have aviation security on our flight they have their neon vests and i see two of them leave with giant opaque black trash bags And I look to my right out the window and I see a cop car with flashing lights. And she sees it too, obviously. So she grabs Google Translate again and goes, are we going to die? I was like, no, no, no. I'm not dying on my way to a funeral. That's the darkest comedy I've ever heard of. No, no. This cop car leaves. I see on the side of it, it says bomb inspection. I was like, "Delza, what in the world? (laughs) It's going on so we sit have I mentioned that it's been almost six hours at this point and I got to the airport an hour early I got to my gate an hour early so I've been here almost seven hours I've already had this like mild panic these flashing lights in my eyes we've had potentially some sort of important person goddamn Joe Biden landing at LAX we've had aviation security come off and leave in a bomb inspection car with large bags what the hell is going on oh did i even mention that after these like bomb inspection guys or aviation security was leaving the flight we have these like several passengers who are in hysterics crying also leave the flight people are evacuating once we start backing up i i know that it's a little too late but i have a hail mary i asked the flight attendant can i get off she's like what's your reason i need a reason to tell them you just don't want to go. I was like, I, I don't know. I was lost for words at this point. Talk about burnout. I have nothing left to give. Uh, she's like, I'll go tell the other flight attendant. The other flight attendant comes up. She's like, honey, we're leaving. You can't leave. You can't get off anymore. That that window has closed. We take off in the sky. Me and this woman from Columbia are crossing our chests to the heavens above. Please keep us safe. Please keep us safe. It's really hard to zone out in this scenario. <laughs> this has been quite the day. And I have missed every possible connecting flight. They've already come on the announcements and said, anyone with a connecting flight, we're gonna land, and you're gonna miss it. Don't worry, the Atlanta airport knows they'll have something for you. It's like, I'm gonna miss my uncle's funeral. <laughs> no, and I'm the one traveling the far this. So I know it was the hardest to get here, but I really wanted to show my support. I mean I had my family call me and they're like, you can put that idea to bed. You do not need to make it. I was like, there's not that many of us. Of course I'm gonna make it. There was oh, oh. anyway, so I'm in the air. Hard to relax. So I put on Bob's Burgers, the movie, and that helps a little bit. I was like, this is really distracting me a little bit. And then I watched the Triangle of Sadness and I land in Atlanta. And when I turn on my phone, I have two texts from Delta and they're like, pick your hotel. I get to the hotel can't even make this up if I wanted to. There's a gigantic TV blasting a Joel Olstein sermon. It's 2 in the morning at this point. <laughs> I get up. I know that I have to get up at 5.50 to get on my next flight to get to this funeral. So I take a wee little nap. You know, by the time I'm showered and in bed, it's 3 a.m. I sleep for a little less than three hours. Get up, put on my funeral dress, get to the airport, and I take that flight. It was easy enough. My dad picks me up from the airport. We go directly from the airport to the service. And Lola, if you're listening to this, after this entire experience for me to end up at the funeral service and you to look down and shake your head at my shoes and whisper to Morgan, I don't like those shoes. <laughs> it was so hard for me to get there. I I was like, Lola, I'm here. I made it. She's like, I know, and I love you. Just, no heels? <laughs> The service was beautiful. I'm so happy that I got to be there. I have no regrets about being there whatsoever. It ended up being incredibly rejuvenating. Family is so funny because they're the people that can bring you some of the most stress that you've ever experienced, and then they can also bring you the most joy and love and warmth that you've ever experienced. It's it's a wild thing. It's a wild gift that we get while we're here. And... I will say that it helped a lot with my burnout because I feel so much love and support from my family. Long story though, for sure. (laughs) I mean, we've all had flight delays, but I was like, once I saw the cop car. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. I was so lucky as a kid. I never had seasonal allergies. It was not something I dealt with. And then something switched in my mid-20s and I started developing seasonal allergies and my allergies throw off my whole morning. So let me tell you about Astapro. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. I think it's important to mention that Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy noses, and sneezing. I only recently learned about Astapro, I wish I knew about it sooner. If you're interested, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. You know the week before your period? I would argue that it's worse than your actual period. I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. I have crazy cravings, I feel down, I feel like my head's going to explode, and I think I hate myself and everything around me and I'm on the verge of a Menti and I do not know why. Then I start bleeding and I'm like, ah oh, got it, for sure. Now it's easier than ever to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony as well as EstroControl and is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means only using science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, at checkout. That's happymammoth, H-A-P-P-Y, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use the code Lexi for 15% off today
1: let's talk wellness ladies i know some of you love yourself a new wellness brand something to hop on and let me tell you about fleur Marché. they deliver simple quality and affordable wellness solutions founded by women and inspired by the female dreamers hustlers and activists on the front lines of change their mission is to help you feel 100 every single day with fun and easy to understand plant-powered wellness products their plant-based wellness patches deliver ingredients topically these ingredients are then absorbed into the skin and into the bloodstream. You just stick it right on your skin. They're vegan, cruelty-free, latex-free, tested for pesticides, herbicides, and other contaminants before and after production. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for the Atlexi listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code LEXI at checkout. Orders over $50 get free shipping. Go to F L E U R. M-A-R-C-H-E dot com and use code Lexi for 20% off your first order. What's going on? Now, picking back up where we left
0: off last week, I said I'm going to tell you who the real enemy is. The real enemy of why we feel so much burnout. And this is a book directed towards women, but I don't think it's exclusive to it. However, the enemy that they are talking about is the patriarchy. They believe that most women end up suffering from what they call human giver syndrome, where we feel that it is our job to make sure that everyone is feeling good. And the way that we do that is by being beautiful and generous and helpful and of service. But I think beyond the patriarchy, this also impacts any minority. Women are definitely not the only minority to exist and it's this obliviousness to kind of the headwinds tailwinds if you guys have ever taken a round-trip flight from the west to the east it's going to be shorter one way when i fly from california to new york my flight is an hour shorter than when i fly from new york to california the flight in itself doesn't feel any different how is it shorter same thing have you ever ridden a bike and on your way out you feel like you're riding flat and Then on your way back, all of a sudden you notice that there's a little bit of a hill. It felt flat going one way, and it's such a small hill that you didn't realize that you were actually declining, and it was a faster ride. See, they're saying that these men that might forget the advantages that they've received, they're not jerks, they're just oblivious to their tailwinds. They don't know that they've just gotten the easier ride because it feels flat. They're like, I'm biking the flat lane. What do you mean you're struggling to go up? And you're like, no, it's actually an incline. I know it doesn't feel like it when you're going down, but when you're going up, you can tell that you're pedaling harder. You know, no, I remember the hill. And you're like, no, no, I'm not talking about the hill that we all rode. I'm talking about when it felt flat to you. I was actually on an incline. And it's, it's our own biases. Most of us tend to ignore and forget the advantages that we've received. We just remember the obstacles that we've overcome. So the big lesson when it comes to realizing whether you've had an advantage or a disadvantage, just because the road looks flat doesn't mean it is. And that's sort of the political chapter of this because, you know, you can compare this gay versus straight, black versus white, or any other races versus white, women versus men. The minorities are going to notice the tailwinds, whereas the people with the advantage are just feeling like they're walking a path. The next aspect of burnout is feeling helpless and unlearning helplessness. And this is something really important for us to unlearn because if we have seen signals time and time again that we have no escape to whatever current doom that we're feeling, it's going to keep us from even trying and drop our dopamine levels so far that we'll never even try again and there is a way to unlearn it. There were so many different studies that they gave examples of like rats who had a door that was locked and eventually the door was unlocked but since they'd been in a locked door for so long, they'd been in a room with a locked door, they never even tried opening the door even though they were actually free to get out and then they died. They died never leaving the cage even though the door was unlocked, it's horrible. (sighs) Feeling hopeless sucks. If you've heard too much bad news over and over and over again, you turn on the news and you see the state of the world and you're like, God, there's nothing I can do to make anything better. No, don't distract yourself and numb out. Go out and do some yard work. Do some gardening. Care for your small little patch of the world. Take some food to somebody that you care about who needs a little boost. Take your dog to the park. Show up at a Black Lives Matter march. Maybe call your government representative. You know, the goal is not to stabilize the government. Your goal is to stabilize you. Nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something, and that something isn't nothing. And it's likely that you've received the message that when you're feeling overwhelmed with helplessness, it's because you can't be rational and you're just overreacting, and the problem is that your mindset is weak, and it's just generally your fault, but that's not true. The truth is that you learned helplessness from experiences of being helpless, and you can unlearn helplessness by doing a thing, a thing that uses your body. Go for a walk, scream into a pillow, make some art. There's a lot of this book that I'm leaving out. By all means, you can still for sure read it. I mean, they talk about the patriarchy, they talk about the bikini industrial complex, just a lot of sexism and such because this is a book geared towards women, not exclusively, but um, that at least is their goal for the reader, to be a woman. But I do think body image does play a part into burnout. I'm guilty of it because when everything feels out of control, you feel like, all right, well, let me try to control my looks you can feel burnout about your body. You know, we want body acceptance, but we're trying to fit these high standards that we've created for ourselves, so we think, but in reality, capitalism has created for us because the beauty standard is constantly changing, and we are so incredibly objectified. I mean, the way that body shapes are a trend shows that we are still being commodified. It's so hard to be to not feel powerless to it. And their sort of goal for all of this is rather than aiming for body acceptance, practice mess acceptance. Accept that sometimes we're gonna feel like a mess and embrace the mess, embrace it. Another way to help your burnout, social connection. I know this, but I forget so often last week when I was in the thick of it, what did I say I was doing? Isolating. Isolating. Because I, egotistically or reality, who knows? I don't know if this was reality speaking or my ego speaking, but I felt that my negative energy was so strong that rather than my friends being able to lift me up i was going to bring them down and i was so confident in that and i said no one deserves to feel as miserable as i feel right now therefore i'm going to hide from everyone until i'm better the issue with that strategy is that one of the ways and one of the fastest ways i feel better is through social connection social connection is a form of nourishment i also had this really confident belief in my head that the only people that I could socialize with was my inner circle. And if I saw a stranger or an acquaintance, I would feel as if I was acting fake. But that is not true. When I went to this little holiday party, there were plenty of people that I had never actually met before there. And speaking with someone and getting to know someone is actually one of my joys in this life. And I had it in my head that if I was meeting a new person... I would just be dumping on them or I would feel that I was I was um suppressing no there are so many sides to ourselves and there are so many things going on simultaneously that's not the situation never once did I feel that I was being fake when talking to someone if I needed a minute alone by all means I could pull my friend aside and be like oh it's really hidden right now like I'm not feeling fabulous and maybe she'd give me a hug or something that ended up not happening so that's fine but loneliness is a form of starvation, okay? Connection is one of our basic biological needs. Loneliness is a form of starvation. And I was starving myself, I was starving myself, and I felt so fulfilled and satisfied when I connected. And connection is literal. When people watch a movie together, their brains' emotional responses synchronize, even if they're strangers. Simply sharing physical space with someone, mere co-presence can be enough to synchronize heartbeats. Okay, we involuntarily match body movements and vocal pitch and we're all walking around co-regulating one another. Our internal states are profoundly contagious and we're susceptible to catching the internal states of people around you and in a sense like a holiday party. So many people were in a good mood that inevitably I became in a good mood. Okay, did I really think I was so powerful? First of all, I suppose I could have sucked the life out of that party, but I didn't want to. Therefore, I went into it being like I need I need some goodness, and that is what I got.
2: Now,
0: I think it's important to remember that people's appetites for social connection do vary. So, I mean, obviously, there's there's variability between introversion and extroversion. But even introverts, y'all still need connection. We all have kind of our inner circle, this sort of like bubble of love. These people that we know and we trust that know and trust us. Now, if your inner circle, these people that you love and trust, that love and trust you... Signs that there might be cracks in it and you might need to seek connection otherwise is if you're being gaslit or you're feeling not enough. Your circle, your bubble of love should never make you feel this way. And if this is how you feel in your circle of love, it's imperative to eliminate the the person causing this, the people causing this, because it's no good to you. It's no good to you. If you're being gaslit, doesn't matter. Friend, family, lover, spouse, not a good sign not a good time and I promise I swear love comes in such unlikely places unassuming places and there's so much love here I swear if you feel that you're stuck in a relationship or in a friendship or even within your family and you're like I can't leave because this is my family what am I supposed to do not have family there's found family and it is so much better to be alone momentarily without this, this, I can't think of another word than toxicity. then to be in this state of pain, you're kind of in purgatory, where who knows what's going to happen if I leave? And it's like you have to make a choice because right now, it's worse. You can do this. You can do this. I know it's not easy, but you can set a boundary and you can leave. In addition to social connection, other things that make us stronger, you've heard it before, rest. Rest is sleep, but it's not all sleep, okay? So when I'm talking about rest, rest is when you stop using a part of you that's been used up, worn out, damaged. It needs a chance to renew itself. So it doesn't just mean sleep. It includes switching from one type of activity to another. So if you've been reading a ton, maybe it's time to go on a walk. If you've been moving your body a ton, maybe it's time to sit, You've made yourself a meal and you've been eating, maybe it's time to call a friend. You've been working a ton, it's time to take a nap. You've been napping a ton, sleeping a ton, maybe it's time to get up and work. And remember that caring for yourself is not indulgent, it's self-preservation. We are built to oscillate between work and rest, and when we allow for this oscillation, the quality of our work improves along with our health. Rest makes us more persistent and productive. Also, I think it's really important when it comes to working or dedicating yourself to something that we only can do our best at any given task for a limited amount of time. Our energy and attention and performance and motivation is all going to drop off, and the only way to renew it and eliminate these effects of fatigue is resting. There's also active rest. This I thought was really interesting. When you break your leg, let's say you break your right leg, if you exercise your left leg, There's a signal from the left leg that travels up the spine and crosses from one side to the other, sparking growth in the right leg. Not as much as the left, but enough to prevent more damage. Why is that so crazy to me? The body is fascinating. Um, So essentially exercising one part of you strengthens all of you. And that's an example of active rest, like working on one gear while resting the other. Now, working out is fantastic. I mentioned this in the last episode, physical exercise is one of the greatest ways to tell your body it can relieve stress. Physically jumping up and down, dancing, getting your heart rate up, getting you a little out of breath is one of the most effective and fastest ways for your brain to realize that it's, it's okay again. And this goes back to times when we're running from an animal. You know, you run, you escape, the animal's killed, whatever. You realize, okay, I'm okay right now. I'm okay. Because our body speaks, imagine it, body language. So telling your brain I'm okay is not necessarily enough for your whole body to realize it's okay. Anyway, physical activity is fabulous, but physical activity is nothing without sleep. And by contrast, it leaves you more vulnerable to injury and to illness. So if you're doing a ton of physical activity and not sleeping, it actually leaves you more vulnerable to injury and illness than you would have been without ever doing the activity at all. So if you're not going to sleep, you better not exercise. (laughs) I don't want that to be the line of advice, though. You should exercise and sleep as opposed to doing neither. And then in terms of if you're studying for finals or something and you're like, I got to stay up all night. If you review right before bed and then sleep for seven to nine hours, your brain's going to soak up the information like grass-absorbing rain. Any motor skills you practice, skiing, playing the piano, walking upstairs, they get integrated so that you're better at them the next day. The benefits of your studying or of your practice come not during the practice itself, but during the sleep. Without it, your skill will actually decline no matter how much you practice. So if you're not going to sleep, you're studying and practicing for nothing. And then when it comes to just pure exhaustion, pure depletion, there's a French proverb, when you are broken go to bed sleep deprivation is horrible it's horrible for the physical health it's horrible for the mental health i mean i know this depression and sleep difficulties are very intertwined when i'm feeling real depressed my sleep is all over the place i'm sleeping a ton or not sleeping at all or sleeping during weird hours of the day and they they kind of exacerbate one another one of the side effects of insomnia is suicidal thoughts and that's for people who don't even have mental illness sleep is medicine that's the bottom line Now, if you're asking yourself, where can I find the time? Seven to nine hours to sleep? I'm sorry, where? Huh? There are breakdowns. Make yourself a little pie chart. You know, you're going to spend seven, eight hours sleeping. You'll spend eight, nine hours working. That gives you two and a half hours to do any leisure activities or sports. An hour or so for caring for others. An hour for eating. An hour for household chores. And you still have a little over an hour and a half To do something else there are ways to make time i promise and sometimes if you're feeling burned out organization can be such a good strategy i know that when my brain is filled with all these activities and they're completely unrelated you're like i want to go to the podcast studio but i also have that meeting and i want to go to pilates wait i have to get my oil changed oh i wanted to sign up for insurance i have to get milk I wanted to bake cookies to give away to people as Christmas presents. Oh, I need to call my dad. It's his birthday. All these things that are going on. I just take a piece of paper in my notebook and I'll write down everything. Every little thing, you know, from car wash to calling my dad to important things, little things, everything, you know, need to get Advil, whatever it is, write it all down. And then on the next page, fill those into your days. First things first, anything that has a required date. So call my dad on the 16th. This meeting is from this time on this day. Add that in. I know that I have the podcast studio on Monday and on Friday. Put those in and then cross them off the brain dump until you have everything in, and that's how you find the time. Finding the time isn't making the time. It's just finding the time. We have the time. We have the time. I promise. And ultimately, just have some self-compassion, okay? we're gonna fall short of our standards. Sometimes our grades aren't gonna be good enough. Our face isn't gonna be pretty enough. Our emotions aren't controlled enough. Our loved ones aren't happy enough. I could have worked harder. I could have healed faster. I could have taken more time. I could have wasted less time. I could beat myself up even harder. But walking around, and I'm so guilty of this, in a degree of pain of some capacity all the time, as if that's going to whip me into shape, has never been effective the way that i punish myself has never worked and it's embarrassing to say that i always like there's always a little bit of a mean eye that i have on myself as if that's my way of keeping myself in line but it has never actually done anything good for me self-compassion is hard and healing hurts okay healing hurts we have to recover from this and it's going to be a little painful And back to the broken leg example. What do you do with a broken leg? You put it in a cast. You create an environment that's going to hold what's broken and allow it to heal. And we need to do the same to ourselves. One of the authors gives this lobster analogy. So a lobster is a squishy animal stuffed inside a hard shell. And it grows, but the shell doesn't. And then eventually... The lobster gets too big for its shell, so it has to go underneath a rock, shed the this, this small shell, grow a bigger shell, a thicker shell, and the process is uncomfortable. The lobster is temporarily vulnerable, but ultimately it gains a new size and strength that it would have never developed had it not gone through the struggle. And we too are like the lobsters. And maybe it's time that you gotta take off your shell so you can get a new one. It's not easy. It's vulnerable, it's exposing, and it's difficult, but ultimately, we might be combining ourselves in a shell that's too small. Okay, so let's have some self-compassion. If we've been working without rest before, maybe it's time we need it. If we've been stressing ourselves out and numbing ourselves out with television and food, that's fine, that's fine, that was our previous shell, but maybe it's time to take that off and grow a new shell. Maybe it's time when we start to get really stressed we call a friend and we go on a walk. Maybe it's time when we get really stressed, we put on an album that we love and we start dancing around. And maybe if we've been starving ourselves of socialization or food, it's time to make a meal and it's time to go to a party. Okay, whatever that looks like for you, I encourage you to take the time to think about this today when you're driving home from work or when you're on your walk or you're brushing your teeth to think about what you're doing that's stressing you out that ultimately the new you wouldn't do and I'm sending you guys all my love burnout is exhausting it's so hard it's so hard but there is light at the end of the tunnel and every season comes to an end and this will end so sending all my love thank you for listening talk to you next week xoxo Lexi